Good morning and welcome to Kim Jong Bui Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Daig, and joining me as always is my co-host, Gabe Sabarzo. Gabe, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Hey, and uh, we're actually rocking a special guest today and uh, a return podcaster of Camden. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Glad to be back. Glad to be back. What did we have you? Was it before the season started or like week one? I know it was early. Uh, I think it was before the season started, but I think I was actually the first uh, the first guest. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That Man. was back when we were on SoundCloud. <laughs> that, was, that was back in the day. So unofficial then. <laughs> I know. I know. We've come a long way. Our league has come a long way. Gabe has made us more official. Like, man, what a, what a new time we're in. So, True. well, uh, we thought that it would be fun to start this podcast off with <clears throat> seems to be a fairly common debate uh, within our league. Um, and Camden, we brought you on because uh, because your, your name is not Zach or Bowie. So we thought you might be a little more uh, sound-minded um, in your arguments. Uh, you'd be somebody we'd actually want to hear from rather than, uh, you know, the whole translator jokes with Bowie, the whole uh, just complaining about everything with Zach. Uh, we thought you would you would provide a little bit more listening value for for our uh, for our viewers. So <clears throat> so here's the debate that we're gonna have. We are debating how much wins should matter for a quarterback's legacy, okay? And here's how this debate's going to go. Uh, I will go first, kind of give my points to you guys, um, and then we'll kind of go one by one. We'll let Gabe go next, and then we'll hear from Camden, <clears throat> and then we'll have just a, like a few minutes of debating back and forth of uh trying to convince the other two guys for where you are so um just to start off my stance on this is i think wins are a huge factor for a quarterback's legacy i believe gabe correct me if i'm wrong but you're going to take the position of uh they don't matter quite as much as what i'm trying to advocate for is that correct yes. okay my position is that wins are not a quarterback stat Okay. And Camden, uh, where would you say your position lies? I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's the exact same as Gabe. I, I don't see it as a, a quarterback stat. Man, so we didn't even bring in like a neutral third party. I literally just have to convince both of you. Yeah, okay. no, I might be a little bit more extreme than Gabe, but we'll see, <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. Okay. Well, I will start us off. And now, obviously... Uh, the first thing that I'm going to have to convince you guys of is that w we, we just have to start with wins should matter towards a quarterback legacy. So I'll, I'll get to a point of like saying, hey, this is how much they matter. But I, I just have to start off with saying wins need to matter towards a quarterback legacy. So really quick, I'm going to run you through um, 
most people's, uh, if not most people's, a lot of people's rankings of uh, all-time quarterbacks. And, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm going to run you through the list of career wins for quarterbacks all-time, okay? Um, so number one is Tom Brady with 225 career wins. That also comes with a 77% uh, career win percentage, all right? Number two, Brett Favre, 186 wins with a 62.5% career win percentage. Uh, Peyton Manning also has 186 wins with uh, just over 70% career percentage, career win percentage. Drew Brees, 169. Ben Roethlisberger, 152. John Elway, 148. Dan Marino, 147. Philip Rivers, 128. Fran Tarkenton, 124, and Aaron Rodgers, 119, okay? So the first question I'm going to put out to you, of the names I just listed, who of those are not already in the Hall of Fame or will not be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, of current players, it's Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, and Philip Rivers, sorry. Did you say Rodgers? Sorry. Is that one you said too? Yeah, he did. He said Rodgers. Oh, okay. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. And so the only one that would even be debatable of those would be Philip Rivers. Okay. So Philip Rivers has a 55% uh, career win percentage. All right. So although he's number eight all time in career wins, he does have a slightly lower um, win percentage as, a, as compared to the rest of these guys on the list. Um, as well as Fran Tarkenton, I don't just truthfully, I don't know a ton about him. Uh, he played yeah. in the sixties and early seventies. So, uh, I don't know too much about him. Um, but the reason I bring this up is th this is a way that I'm going to show like wins have to matter. Um, so a hall of fame induction, uh, what, no matter what you guys believe about, the Hall of Fame. A, fall, a Hall of Fame induction is a credit to a successful career and a successful legacy. It's like something that's um, you're you're going to become a legend if you make the Hall of Fame. All of these guys, because they're on the top ten win percentage or on, they're on the top ten career wins list, um, they're all in the Hall of Fame and or going to be in the Hall of Fame. Besides, maybe Philip Rivers, who does have a slightly lower career win percentage. And that, uh, that to me is enough evidence to just show that wins should matter for a quarterback. All right, so that's that's the first point I'm going to uh, debate. But Gabe, I'm going to let you kind of say what you wanted to say on your debate end. Gabe? Camden, can you hear Gabe? I cannot. Hey, Gabe. <laughs> okay, Camden, we're going to let you go next while Gabe uh, re-plugs <laughs> re in his mic or whatever. Um, and so, Camden, go ahead and argue kind of what your point of view is going to be. I mean, I, I think it's more of just the fact that I don't see it as a, a QB stat. I don't know the last time, like for to, for a running back to get into the Hall of Fame. Is there anything 
for wins or anything like that, defense, defensive players or anything along the lines of that. I'm also curious of kind of how you view the stance of Super Bowl wins compared to just regular season wins. Where does that kind of fall in? And does that make one person jump that much further ahead? And then how much does opportunity, uh, defensive opportunities play uh, a factor in into the win percentage for a quarterback? Okay, I think all of those are fair questions. Um, so, sorry about that. My internet is lagging a bit, and so I can monitor it. Um, like, I can tell when y'all can hear me and when y'all can't hear me because it says on my end that I'm talking, but <laughs> I have about a 5,000 millisecond ping. So when I see that, I'm just going to assume that y'all can't hear me. Now, okay. my ping is eight, now my ping is 8 milliseconds, so I'm assuming that y'all can hear me. Yep. Is this correct? Yep, we can hear you. But basically, all I was going to say was, in its in its simplest form, football is a team sport, right? And so let's take a very simple team sport, like tug-of-war. In tug-of-war, you can have one person, let's say, who can pull 400 newtons, right? And then you're, you're, let's say you have 10 people on the other side who can pull 40 newtons each, right? So that one person can only pull it so far. And so a, a great quarterback can only get the, his team like as far as the organization has set him up to be. Um, I think the most recent example that I can think of would be this weekend. Uh, if you watch the game, you saw Justin Herbert gave his team a chance to win the game. Very end. He doesn't have control of the play calling in this situation. He doesn't have control of anything except what he does. So he drops back. They called a goal line fade to Donald Parham on his right. So they put all the receivers, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, all the weapons on the left in a bunch. And then Donald Parham, one-on-one, -on -one, he throws it up. He puts the ball right where... It, like he did all he could in that moment and still lost the game because Donald Parham couldn't secure it on the way to the ground. Now let's put Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in that same situation. We've seen it a hundred times. Like that's that's what they do. They, they made their money on that goal line fade or a very similar goal line fade. Rob Gronkowski comes down with it. They win the game. And so, and Tom Brady and Justin Herbert don't behave in that situation, in that scenario differently at all and so my argument is not that quarterback wins shouldn't matter at all but i think that it's it, it shouldn't exclusively be a position where wins either cement or discredit your legacy okay here's here's my counter to that one and and i will say that my points cannot apply to a rookie or even a player early in his career because just like you said justin herbert put his team in a position to win if you're a great quarterback more often than not you are going to put your your team in a position to win the game right like let's look at uh aaron Rodgers as a great example i think we can all agree in recent history the Packers have not done a great job of setting Aaron Rodgers up for success, right? As far as like giving him weapons, as far as uh, what was the stat, Gabe, about 
him them not drafting a single running back or wide receiver for him to target within the last like six years or something like that i don't remember it exactly but yeah they every opportunity they've had to surround aaron Rodgers with talent most recently the will fuller acquisition they just have it, it slipped off the table it has completely aaron Rodgers has made do with, with what he has in an impressive form right and and now here here's my point to that so if you are a great quarterback you put your team in more positions to win than not that is going to equate to wins which even more so contributes to you being a great quarterback so right like over time so with justin herbert this singular instance he did everything in his power to win a game but he gets a loss on his record. But if he plays that same way over the course of his career, he's going to tally more wins than losses because that's how odds work, right? So if he gets in the same position, throws the same ball um, to the same receiver, more often than not, because he put his team in that position to win, they're going to win the game, right? And so over his career, he, he would be accumulating wins because he put his team in position to win now to camden's point or to to counter camden's point why would you not do this the same for like running backs or why would you not do this the same for defensive players well there's a reason there's a reason that quarterbacks make the most money in the nfl and is it is because that i am of the belief they have the single highest um contribution to whether a team wins or loses they are not a hundred percent of the contribution so in no way am i saying can a quarterback win a game by himself that is not what i'm saying you still you still need uh your team and like your front office to put you give you weapons do all these things to where you, they help you win the game but as the quarterback you have the highest percentage of contribution towards a win and that's why wins wins and losses should matter so much to a quarterback the other reason that you can attribute wins like career wins towards a quarterback is because when you win games as a quarterback you are going to remain a starting quarterback so no quarterback in the history of the league who had who just keeps racking up losses stays a starting quarterback all right. And what I mean by that is if you can continue, if you win games, you are going to have a longer career, which is going to give you more opportunities to continue to win games. Right. So that means that Tom Brady has a 15 year career because he wins his team wins 11 games a season. The Bucks give him that opportunity because he puts his team in position to wins which means he's going to be able to continue racking up wins that's why career wins should show legacy success and why those are going to be like vice versa you you typically you you almost never have a great quarterback who has a losing record right who racks up losses because eventually the team moves on from that quarterback does that make sense yeah it it does um my only uh or I guess my only thing that I would like to add is that, so let's let's take Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, for example. 
Okay. How do how do quarterbacks put them put their teams in position to win? Uh, they score touchdowns, right? Namely, yeah. clock management, passes, yeah. right? And what's the easiest way to hurt their team is turnovers, right? So, my Aaron Rodgers right now has a career touchdown to interception ratio of about four point five. I, that, that that means that he puts his team in position to win more often than he turns the ball over. Okay. Tom Brady's career interception to touch or touchdown to interception ratio is three. So he statistically puts his team in more perilous situations more frequently, but because of coaching, because of defense because of a number of other things he's amounted to six super bowl rings compared to aaron Rodgers. he's won one right one or two one i think yeah i don't remember exactly but it's and i would argue that aaron Rodgers, even if he's he's in the 13th year of his career he's not going to catch tom brady in super bowl wins even though he's put his team in position to win as as well as he could in those situations and so it's it's hard for me i understand that they have to matter for legacy simply because that's the way that the stat itself was developed and the way that hall of famers are remembered but i just i wish that they carried a little bit less weight and we could appreciate quarterbacks who are playing well in difficult situations because it's a 22-man sport plus special teams at the end of the day and one player can only elevate the play of his team so far even if it's the most impactful player on the field he still can't do it all himself you you kind of get what i'm saying I understand what you're saying. So, like, let's take Dak Prescott this year. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to name just for the sheer volume of sleeper notifications I'll get tomorrow. <laughs> but I'll bring it up. Okay. So, Dak Prescott, as we have clearly seen this year, was in a position of failure. Like, there was nothing he could do to provide his team wins this season. Correct? Can we all agree on that? Okay, but Bowie, I think uh, everybody but Bowie, which is fine. He, that's the reason he wasn't asked to be on this debate. Okay, but here's what I'm saying: over the course of Dak Prescott's career, if he continued to play in that same exact way, yes, this season is a wash, and yes, this season his team did not put him in a position to succeed. But how much less does his team have to do? now that he's playing at this level for him to succeed over the course of his career right so if he if he continues to play at this level you would think over time he's going to keep accumulating wins and the cowboys will never move on from dak prescott as long as he's playing at this level which is only going to continue to provide him opportunities to win even though this season it was set up for failure. So that's why I'm looking at it from like a, a career length situation and not a 
short term, this is what happened to Justin Herbert at, in this game, or this is what happened to Dak Prescott in this season. Like it has to be looked at over the course of time. Yeah, that's. Yeah, but that's so my, my thing is what happens if next year Cowboys come out and their defense is, they're not 30th in the league anymore, they're 28th. Do you think that the Cowboys go over 500? Do you think there's any chance if if you just look at it and say, well, the Cowboys have consistently been a, a bottom bottom 30 defense every single year? Do you really blame that on Dak and say, well, Dak, we're cutting you loose because you suck? But see, here's the thing: like, I don't think it's about blame. I don't think it's about blame. Was Tom Brady put in the perfect position to become the greatest quarterback of all time in a lot of people's eyes? Yes. He had the organizational success, he had the coaching, he had the defense, all of those things, yes. But the wins go to Tom Brady, right? And I'm not saying that that is fair, but it matters for his legacy. And it's why he's going to go down as the greatest of all time, right? There's probably a handful of quarterbacks that you put in that same position. Like, let's say uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think a lot of people would say, if Aaron Rodgers had the exact same career situation as uh tom brady he would now be considered the goat and i would agree with that like that that's fine but that's not the situation aaron Rodgers was put in right so at what point do you rank opportunity more important than anything else well i don't i think all of that attributes to wins right because another like you could say you could say well if aaron Rodgers had the defense that tom brady had uh as well as like the running game over the course of his career Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be putting up the same numbers as Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be putting up near the numbers that he put up in his career if he was in that situation. Does that make sense? Like Tom Brady was put in a great situation, but he handled that situation perfectly. Like he he ran the offense exactly how it was supposed to be run. He he ran fourth quarter drives the way that they were supposed to be run. He continued to put his team in positions to win, whether that meant handing the ball off or whether that meant throwing the short game, like to uh to Randy Moss. Like it doesn't matter. Like he 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 had the situation and got the wins and that's why he's considered the GOAT. I just don't think that he deserves credit for those wins though i mean obviously to an extent yeah he does but i mean just so for example peyton rogers and breeze combined for 12 seasons with the top 10 defense in their careers 12 times do you know how many times uh brady has had a defense rank outside of the top 10 three times he's had a defense rank outside of it three times that is insane to think about and i don't think you can really look at that and say well, Tom Brady deserves all those wins whenever he's had a top 10 defense every single time this season besides three times. Okay, let me ask you this. Sam Darnold, if the Jets move on from Sam Darnold, is it his fault? To an extent. I mean, I would say you you get rid of Gase before him, but I don't think Darnold has been anything special. But what I'm saying is, like, he was put in a terrible situation, right? And although, or, yeah, but, but I don't think he's good. He, I don't think he is a great quarterback or even a good quarterback. Yeah, I think there's a lot of situ- I think there's a lot of examples where you we don't ever get like a fair evaluation of talent, right? Like I, 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 the look at the Browns organization. Like over the careers, have all these quarterbacks truly been awful? 
Like, have all these top five quarterbacks truly been awful, or is that organization just terrible? Right? Like, we, I don't, I don't think we'll, we'll never get the answer to that question. And that's because the system isn't fair. Like, it's not a fair ranking of legacy. But wins. But then, at true... what point do you say wins aren't the defining factor for a quarterback? I mean, obviously, they, they matter. I mean, like you said, that a quarterback will eventually be gone. But at what point do we say, hey, maybe yards are more important, or completion percentage, or touchdown to interception? well well it all goes back to it all goes back to what is the point of football and it's to win the game right so i have a quick game and just humor me okay so i have i have three cube three quarterbacks i'm just gonna lift a list off a few stats and you tell me which quarterback you're taking for the season so qb1 63 percent uh completion percentage 4110 yards 26 touchdowns to 14 interceptions and uh, 92.3 passer rating. We go to QB2, 65%, 4,398 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 96.2 passer rating. Then QB3, 60.8%, 3,600 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Which QB do you think finished the year with best record? Can I get the record and then decide which quarterback I want? <laughs> No, you cannot. You can get the how they performed. Um, I guess give me the one with the highest quarterback rating, even though that's the wrong answer, I'm sure. QB3, actually, with the worst stats of all of them, went 14-2 and two and would win the Super Bowl. Do you want to know the most important stat of all those? QB1's defensive ranking in points per game, 17. QB2, 11. QB3, number one. For just to, to put it out there, quarterback one was Tom Brady in 2005. Quarterback two was Tom Brady in 2009. And QB3 was Tom Brady in 2003. So do we really say at that point that the most important thing is the wins and not more of defense and things like that? Or just the stats in general. I don't think you look at purely wins and can say this is the guy that led his team to these wins. So what would you like it for us to look at for a legacy? I mean, I think wins are important. I'm not going to say it's not. I don't believe that it's necessarily fully a quarterback stat, but I think yards and completion percent, and obviously those are kind of like Dak this year. A lot of it did come in losing situations, so his yards were inflated. So there's there's points to it, but I don't think that you can simply look at this QB has the highest win percentage or the highest wins and say he is without a doubt the greatest without looking more in depth into more of the more of the stats gabe you got any last points uh before we move on uh near and dear to my heart let's just take brock osweiler he inherited what peyton manning had left in denver and i don't know that it was his talent as a quarterback but the texans saw enough from his wins and from the situation that he was in to sign him to a four-year, $72 million contract, which I remember. And I was like, I was I was excited. I thought this kid was the real deal. And then he got into a different situation. And very quickly, we learned that there was a bit of a mirage situation when he was surrounded with different weapons and in a different opportunity. And so like you said, I think a lot of times talent doesn't get the fairest opportunity but that's life you know i think that we like not everyone's handed the same hand 
And so I do think wins need to weigh, but I think Brock Osweiler in my closing argument <laughs> is just a, a negative example of how opportunity can both elevate and hinder your in a vacuum evaluation of a quarterback. I was trying to see if I could find uh, the wins by year for Brock Osweiler. But they uh they weren't they weren't uh fond after the Broncos. Yeah. And yeah. So I I yeah, I I know we can't continue to debate it and we're going no, to yeah, eventually move on. Yeah, that was my on, closing point. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah, I Cars numbers if you want them though. The win. I mean, he he didn't start uh he didn't start a full season. Uh, but Denver in 2015, he would go five and two. Houston in 2016, eight and six. Uh, Denver in 2017, zero oh and four, and Miami in 18, two and three. So a career of 15 and 15. Yeah, and so I guess my closing points would be um, the reason wins matter is because over the course of a career. The more you accumulate wins shows how much more you put your team in position to win games. And if you continue doing that, you're going to continue getting opportunities, which means you're going to have a great legacy because the wins rack up. And it's not a fair system, uh, to your point, Camden, of like how well the defense played over the course of your career or how well your running game and offensive line were over the course of your career. And I'm not claiming it to be a fair system, but it's the point of the game and it's what we have to look at for legacy. Um, and I think that that's why it should continue to matter and be a big part, especially to the quarterback position who has the highest um, reason for winning games for a team. So, all right. Um, good debate, boys. We didn't kill each other, which I appreciate. I'm sure we'll get tons of sleeper notifications about it. Uh, you guys let us know. You guys let us know where you land on the debate. Uh, Zach and Bowie, try to limit yourselves to uh, 50 messages each within an hour. That'd be great. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what comes of that. So, uh, hey, Camden, why don't you hit us with kind of the injury news um, for this week? Yeah, so... Um... Not too many. Um, not too many, I guess, fantasy-relevant ones. You did have uh, Kyle Allen um, losing a leg, basically. Very similar to, to Dak. Yeah. Uh, not, not one that you want to go and watch the replay of if you miss it. Uh, but, of course, we did move on to uh, David Montgomery with a concussion. Um, he is on my team, so uh, <laughs> that was a nice surprise to see another one of my players get injured. Team IR. Uh, team IR. Yeah, yeah, no, he's just adding on. So I don't think he'll go in the IR, but I would not be surprised if it did develop to worse. <laughs> uh, and then Gabe had to, to deal with the, the damage from David Johnson concussion. Uh, so another one that'll be kind of a, a weekly thing until we kind of get more information. Preston Williams, uh, after catching a touchdown, he came down with a foot injury that I've seen a lot of people comparing similar to uh, Joe Mixon. So I'd expect him to miss uh, multiple weeks as well. And then the dreaded Christian McCaffrey after uh, a gigantic game. 
uh, ended up with, uh, I'm not sure, what are they calling it at this point? Is it a rib injury or was it a shoulder? Shoulder. shoulder? I, I think it was a shoulder sprain is what they're yeah, so I saw him come um, off the field and he was grabbing ribs, so it's interesting. But. Yeah, uh, it's pretty unfortunate. Like, literally, this guy's yeah. been out since week one. Um you wait all that time, Conley, for your guy to come back. He puts up a massive game. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed like he's back, and then boom. Like, And it was weird, because you saw him come up, but there wasn't any reports until after the game. Um, and then you start hearing reports, and it's like, oh, crap. So I believe he's already been listed as out for this upcoming weekend. Um, and then they're considering him week to week so i'm sure it'll be one of those things where we'll hear on tuesday or wednesday of next week whether he's gonna give it a go or wait another week so unfortunate he's such a great player if not the best fantasy football player and we've just barely gotten to see him play so that kind of sucks um was there any more i think that might have been it yeah, I'm pretty sure that was all the big ones. Yeah, not too bad. That Kyle Allen injury was disgusting, though. So, not fun. Not fun. Um, Guys, we really don't have any trades to go over because y'all have been uh, so silent lately on the trade block. I believe our trade deadline is coming up. I should actually know that as commissioner. It's this week, actually. I wrote it down. I was going to call it out. So okay, uh, it could get very quiet on the trade, uh, on the trade side, pretty quickly. What uh, what day exactly is it, Camden? Um, so I know in the other league, it was like after waivers cleared. So I guess we're probably exactly a week out. I think it it looked um on the app like it was going to be right when the Monday night football game goes final at the end of this week. Mm. Okay. All right, boys. So if you have any trades you want to get done, uh, any four-teamers, six-teamers, eight-team trades, let's get them done before uh, this weekend. It's going to be your last opportunity. If you want to snipe Big R for any any good trades, now's the time. So. The tanking teams got to get moving. The tanking teams do need to get moving. Um, speaking of which, let's do... Um, we'll do our recap of last week in just a second, but let's uh, let's go over kind of the standings after this last week just to kind of give a uh, overview of kind of where everybody's at. Gabe, uh, do you have it pulled up or do you want me to run through these standings? Okay, I'll run through it. Um, so in first, we have three people with the same record, uh, but technically because of points four, Garrett is in first with a seven and two record. Zach is in second with a seven and two record. And I am in third with a seven and two record. Um, Garrett has about 10 more points for than Zach. And I am uh, about 87 points behind Zach sitting in third. Uh, Camden and Gabe, you guys both are sitting at five and four. So Camden is technically in fourth and Gabe is in fifth. Bowie, Conley, both have a four and five record. Bowie's in sixth, Conley's in seventh. 
Big R is by himself at three and six, so he's number eight. Uh, ben is number nine with a two and seven record, and Daniel, bringing up the rear, is number ten with a one and eight record. Um, and the more we play, the closer that is getting to our points for output, with the outliers being uh, Bowie has. You have the third most points for Camden. Bowie has the fourth most. Conley has the fifth most. And then I have the sixth most point, points for. So on that end, uh, Bowie and Conley have gotten a little unlucky with their schedules. And then I have definitely benefited the most from the schedule. So I'm sure there's some commissioner collusion going on there. But whatever. Yeah, we'll have to check yeah, uh, I, I do have a question actually. Do you know um, if head-to-head -head is weighed at all in uh, the standings, or if it's simply points for? I want to say that when I was making the settings for um, the playoffs, that I made it head-to-head -head first and then points for. But I'd have I'd have to go in and actually look at that to see if I even had that option. Um, so I'm not totally sure, but I want to say I made it head to head first. So we'll see. All right. Getting into our week nine recap. Uh, let me pull it up here. So the first one we're going to go over is, oh man, boys, I might have to save this for last. We're going to have to save this one for last. Okay. We'll start with Gabe and Camden. So you guys went head-to-head -head this week. And it literally came down to the last play, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Camden, you want to kind of give me your <laughs> your perspective of uh, of how this, how this went down? Come down to the pretty much, I think it was the Buccaneers... Other than their field goal, it was the play before that, the end of the game. It was like a Godwin 15-yard catch or something like that, and that put me a fully over. Um, so it was, a, it was a stressful Monday night. Um, Jared Cook had a questionable tackle, and I'm sure Gabe would love to chime in for that, that the, he got full credit for it and also pretty much gave me the win. But Yeah, no, I – so – so I, uh, I'm sorry, I've been lagging. I just wanted to reiterate that. So I'm not just ignoring y'all. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say was I, I've really enjoyed playing with IDPs, but what it does is it credits an offensive player with tackles quite frequently because somebody has to tackle the guy who made the interception and interceptions <laughs> and fumble happen quite a bit. And so I feel like, 1.75 points for somebody who stumbled into a tackle is difficult to predict. It's fun. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I was just like, man, this is kind of like, this is the, the sacrifice. This is the game we play now and the sacrifice that we have to make. But uh, yeah, it counts as four receptions pretty much. And so it's uh, it, like you win some, you lose some. And I'm not that upset about it. But I was checking to see. I've never checked stat corrections like box score tackles. 
as closely as I was monitoring the Jared <laughs> Cook tackle because he was Philip Rivers gave more of an attempt to tackle some to tackle the no, interception uh, no. return player than Jared <laughs> Cook did. So that's all I'm saying. If they're gonna give Jared Cook that tackle, it's <laughs> like an attempt or something. I don't know. <laughs> How generous are we being? Oh, man. And Jared Cook had an awful game prior to that. I mean, even with that. Yeah. Um, But it does look, you know, like, Camden, you've had all these injuries hit you. A.J. Brown has been holding you down. Like, this dude has been a monster. I know you're ready to get, like, Aaron Jones back in full. That'll be uh, super helpful. To your team, Zach Cunningham, hasn't he had a pretty stellar year for you? Yeah, no, like, as much as I want to say my team, like, every week I look at my team and I'm like, God, you're ugly. You're so bad. How do you win a game? But then you look at, like, my QB. I've lucked into Dak being an absolute monster, stat padding, whatever you want to call it, for the first few weeks. And then Herbert came in. He's doing the same monster. thing with my IDPs. I don't know if they've gone below 15 more than two or three times uh so they've definitely definitely carried me and gabe how has your uh idp decision making been going this this year uh it's been pretty good um i've adopted more of like a floor so i've i rostered three linebackers now and originally i was playing some dbs some d linemen who maybe could get more sacks more impact plays Mm -hmm. off the top of my head i think like buddha baker and I was rostering Tyron Matthew for a little bit just because like those players have the chance for interceptions, touchdowns, forced fumbles. If the game plan is like run a bunch of stretch runs to, to his side, like he's going to get 12 tackles that year. But I've, I've rostered th- like, I think three inside linebackers just because I have lost because an IDP got three points far more frequently than I have won because they got 25. Yeah. And so I just want like safe IDP plays rather than like win me a week IDP plays. And I, I don't know, my thinking might change come playoff time, but it, it's been fun. It's like an added kind of dimension. Like I was talking about to roster construction and to lineup decisions. So yeah, I think it's been fun. And like you said, like it just adds variance to everything. Um, we've had a close game every single week. And I think part of the reason is because of those IDPs. Um, and even with all that variance, it's fun to have a game that comes down to a tackle from an offensive player. You know, like that's that's fun. <laughs> you know, like whether it hurts, uh, Gabe, I'm sure it does. <laughs> but... <laughs> But for like the league itself, I think no, it, yeah, I, I think agree. it's cool. I think I it's fun and just adds that level of just it's man. We're we're talking about fantasy football. Like you can do all the stats and everything you want. It's still fantasy football. So, yeah. um, moving on to the next matchup here, we've Sorry, got yeah, real quick. I, I did just want to note that uh, for our game, our four running backs combined for uh, seventeen points. Gabe, I don't know if you noticed for that. Some, but... They were yeah, some they hot were brutal. booty, bro. <laughs> 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 to watch <laughs> to be to be fair we got double concussed but that's very still <laughs> and Aaron Jones was... was like the fourth quarter so I don't know if I would blame that on the concussion <laughs> yeah 14 carries versus two carries and you outscored me by less than a point so <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> Tough scenes but okay also, Garrett yeah. trade me Duke Johnson 
I'll overpay if you want, but I need I need a running back this week. This guy is announcing trades in the middle of our pot. That is abuse of power, man. You cannot do that. Oh my gosh. Okay, moving on to our next uh, matchup here. We had uh, Zach versus Ben. I think this one pretty much went the way Gabe, you and I were talking about. It would probably go. Uh, Zach kind of put the beat down on Ben. 144.73 to 112. Um, Zach wins, and Patrick Mahomes for like the second week in a row really bounced back for him. Dalvin Cook has just had a monster couple weeks uh, for Zach and made it really difficult um, to beat him. Everybody else on his roster really was pretty average, but that's fine whenever you have Dalvin Cook doing his thing. Um, Ben, just getting... He's gotten murdered with injuries, and uh, I, I think kind of the writing's on the wall a little bit uh, for his team. I will say he made the Aaron Rodgers trade, and that's looked to uh, kind of work out and stabilize him at quarterback. Um, so now he's got kind of Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan to go back and forth on, which I'm sure he'll play Aaron Rodgers until he he uh, falls off. But um, it's got to be a little disappointing for Ben, but it wasn't like he had a horrible day he's got a lot of young good or good young players um i think he's excited for the future y'all have any thoughts on that so i just want to talk about zach's team for a second this is zach's third week in a row where one of his players scores 38 or more points in one slot so i took i took it i was taking a broad look at this okay the average score for our league is 131 points a week. So then if you average that per roster slot, it's about 13 points per roster slot is our average. Zach is getting three times that in three weeks in a row from one slot. So he is getting, the way that he's constructed his roster, it's been this perfect storm of just like, it doesn't matter that James Conner got three points this week. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that like a couple weeks ago, uh, like, but or this, Tyler Lockett can can put up duds because somebody is equating three or four roster slots in points per game, and so it's like, okay, let's see. Like, I, I'm wondering if there's going to be a regression or some sort of stabilization, but I mean, so far it looks like he's going to continue just doing what he's doing because these players are still going to be in that situation. Dalvin Cook is still going to be in a situation to to get 25, 30 touches a game. Yeah. Tyler Lockett still plays for Russell Wilson, who's going to air it out this year, it looks like. And Chris Carson's not even back yet. So, like, I'm just – when I was looking at the actual stat statistical breakdown, I was mind-blown. Nobody else has that kind of production, like, even close to that kind of production from yeah. their, like, one single player week, week after week. Yeah, and that's not even mentioning the fact that uh, he has Julio Jones um, as well. And Mahomes, who uh, who uh, can both go off, and as he's rightly nicknamed for Zach, scam killer for Julio Jones. I was Jones. Uh, I was I was trying to I was trying to give Zach Travis Kelsey for just a taste of one of these like week winning players because I feel like I have to get consistent production from like all of my players mm -hmm. to just compete. So I just wanted a little taste. Bro. <laughs> Camden, did you have anything? The only thing that y'all haven't kind of already mentioned is I think 
Bowie is the, the biggest winner of this. Uh, owning Ben's first-round pick, I think he wants to see Ben lose as often as possible. That's true. So. That's true. Fair point, fair point. Speaking of Bowie, the next matchup we're going to go over was Bowie versus Conley. It ended up being a pretty close game. High, I think the highest scoring combined totals of the week. Um, and Bowie ends up beating Conley 154.82 to Conley's 147.72, so roughly 7.5 point difference there. Um, and we saw some big scores from both of these teams. Either of you guys want to comment yeah. on it. So I would say Conley has kind of consistently struggled with the quarterback position, and I think that is what lost him the game this week. Going up against Kyler, putting up 35, and then Tannehill putting up 11 for him. I know he traded for Cam Newton earlier in the year for me. Uh, he's kind of had Stafford off and on his roster and kind of now trading for Tannehill. I think he's kind of dying to get a quarterback that's super consistent, and that kind of killed him again this week. Yeah, which is crazy because I think over the last two years, Tannehill has actually been like one of the most consistent, consistently high-scoring fantasy quarterbacks, um, and and everybody, literally everyone is waiting for. Everyone's like, "This is not possible. This is not possible." He has Derrick Henry on his team. He hands it to him twenty-five times a game. He can't be a good fantasy quarterback, and he just keeps going out there and like doing his thing. You know, like he'll score a rushing touchdown. Or throw a couple and ends up with like around 20 points. And I really like this. I, I like Tannehill because he'll never have like a 40-point game or nothing crazy like Kyler or Patrick Mahomes. But I do feel like he's usually a very consistent 20, 20-ish points. Um, which is kind of what you're looking for out of your quarterback position. Especially with all the other options that Conley has. And so, yeah, he let him down this week. But I actually like Tannehill for Conley's team. Because he's just looking for that baseline of fantasy points the other one so we had mentioned earlier conley lost christian mccaffrey after this game but he he put up massive points for him did everything he could to try to get conley the win um buoy is a buoy in my opinion is like a sneaky four and five um we'll have to see the extent of christian mccaffrey's injuries but Bowie won this game without huge games from Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, he had huge games from G.J. Chark, who has come on as of late. He had huge game from Kyler Murray. Um, and then his IDPs have really performed well, with both of them scoring over 21 points. Um, I, I honestly see Bowie kind of making a little bit of a push here towards the end of the season. I think he's going to kind of be right on the edge of that playoff spot. Um and could be one of those like sneaky teams come playoff time but we'll have to see gabe did you have anything or camden sorry i was just gonna say have you looked at Bowie's roster and he's just he is literally a team of handcuffs uh he did what i think everybody else failed to do i don't think anybody actually handcuffed their own running backs and it's because Bowie drafted every single one of them <laughs> he has chase edmonds oh my gosh Jamal Williams, uh, Brian Hill, Gus, Gus Edwards. Edwards, Joshua Kelly. <laughs> it's, he's the team of handcuffs. He's just uh, policing out there right now. That is hilarious. Oh my! I I did not notice that at all, actually. 
Yeah, I was looking at it earlier, and I was—I think the only one he doesn't own is probably like Gio Bernard. So Garrett is the only one that actually handcuffed his own uh, his own running back. Oh my gosh, that's that's actually so funny. I never noticed that. But okay, let's go ahead and move on to the next matchup here. We got Daniel versus Big R. Uh, again, this was kind of. This is one of those, uh, I think we called it the toilet bowl um, last week or last pod or whatever it was. Uh, these guys were two of the bottom teams. Um, and Big R's team actually came out and performed pretty admirably. Put up a nice 148 points for Big R and he beat Daniel's team uh, who had 112 points. Um, so Daniel's record's now one and eight. Big R went up, bumped up to three and six. Um, really for Big R, uh, Lamar still didn't have a great game, but it was better than what he had been doing, I guess. Um, and if you're starting Wayne Gallman in your starting running back slot, which just full disclosure, I've, I've started Wayne Gallman in my running back slot. You're struggling at running back. Um, and then he also picked up another injury to Justin Jackson, which is just going to further hurt his running back. He actually put Zeke on the bench, um, which I can't say I blame him, but it's just so surprising to see the fall of Ezekiel Elliott this season. Um, but it, it was a nice like bounce back hey, maybe we could make a late-season push here for Big R's team. There was a lot of like early-season expectations for his team and just hasn't panned out as of yet. Maybe this is the start of something. Um, and Daniel continues to uh, secure a top-two pick in this year's draft. So, Camden, do you have anything? I think there's definitely cause for celebration from Big R just for the fact that he outscored his projection and didn't underscore by... First uh, time... All season, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that might be the first time all season. Because he literally gets the highest projections. Like, I'm pretty sure at one point, he was at like 160 for his yeah. team. Which is ridiculous. And I don't understand it. But I'm so sorry, Big R. I know that hurts. But this week, you actually got to beat that projection. And your team looked good. Yeah incredible it, it, but is lamar jackson potentially the the biggest disappointment of the fantasy season of a, of a non-injured player oh i meant to bring this up okay did you see the news earlier today about lamar jackson um so he comes out to the press conference and i don't i don't really understand how the question was asked but i guess they were just asking lamar they were like hey, so what's like preventing you from getting going uh, in the passing game? Or like, what's off with your offense, blah, blah, blah. And he comes out and he goes, literally the defenses are, they know our plays. He said that he goes up to the line and the defense is calling out what play they are about to run on offense. And he said it makes it impossible to go out there and perform. And so like, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know if that's like a big indictment on coaching or if Lamar is getting sick of uh, John Harbaugh running the same thing over and over, or maybe it's towards his offensive coordinator, but there's like clear frustration out of Lamar Jackson uh, for 
either them not being innovative enough on offense or defenses picking up on how they're calling plays or what it is, but there's clearly something not right there. Uh, I think part of it is Lamar is he's been awful at throwing the football but if defensive no defenses know the plays that are coming i would imagine that has quite an impact on your ability to uh be a good offense so <laughs> i don't that's wild yeah i didn't see that I, I guess belichick figured that he wasn't winning this year so he just started spreading the playbook out to every <laughs> other team as well that's wild i did not see that that's you're that's joking insane. but that's literally probably the most that, that that might that might so be like what's going on yeah, that's the most likely scenario yeah <laughs> yeah they're okay patriots are definitely going to be losing a second round draft pick because of this but that's okay yeah. oh my gosh but yeah no that's wild i i think he might be right though like for a player who in a lot of drafts was taken for our draft i'm pretty sure the initial draft he was taken in like the fourth round for big r um or maybe the third like that is that is terrible value and it's not big r's fault like nobody really saw this coming so i don't know man i'm with you i think he's been one of the most disappointing this season all right i'm gonna try and get some words in here in between lag spikes i apologize again do it number one lamar jackson uh defenses know our plays this shouldn't be anything new i think that uh when you have a bit of a one-dimensional uh offense a lot of times you can be maybe out-scouted or out-prepared. I think of like Baker Mayfield's rookie season. They didn't have much tape to study. He came out torched. And then some quarterbacks just can't adjust. The great ones do. So we're going to find out really quickly if Lamar Jackson is one of the great ones or if he just had one scorch-the-earth season and he's going to regress into a much more um, average quarterback. So we'll see. But um, as far as fantasy is concerned – that rushing baseline is always going to keep him relevant, at mm-hmm. least. Second of all, you said Bowie's team is going to make a late season push. If he doesn't make any roster moves, I have to disagree just because he relies so heavily on the Panthers' offense. And with CMC back, I don't think that he can get production enough from DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and or even uh, like the the Mike Davis that he had been counting on. And at some point, Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds, like all of these people are going to be reverted. I mean, most likely back to their initial role. And I think that that's going to hold him back. In addition to Clyde Edwards-Alaire's rushing share and snap share being dropped, I I, I just, the, it, it's, it's kind of murky for Bowie long-term. And so uh, that's kind of what I have been thinking as far as his team is concerned. I don't even remember who else we've talked about. I've just been sitting here kind of frustrated. With this <laughs> but that's uh, about all I have to say. No, you're fine. Uh, the uh, only counter I have to Bowie's team is Gabe. That's why he has seven different handcuffs. So he can just like go in between all of them. So sure. uh, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah, I, but I'm with you. Like, uh, yeah. I, he, I, I still think he makes a late season push, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, Gabe, hopefully you're still able to talk during this one because we have saved the best for last. Cue the music, everybody. I took down the champ. I took down the one, the only. He looked unbeatable. 
But no, I have done it. I destroyed Garrett this week, and I can't tell you of a better feeling in my life. Um, I'm married, so I've already had my wedding. This is better than my wedding. This was an absolute crazy good feeling. Um, Garrett's team did awful, and that felt good. My team was the best in the league, and that felt good. Zach and Bowie constantly asked me, "What, do you, Cam, Cam, what are you going to do with your running back situation? Cam, you have the worst running back starters in our entire league. And, 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 and you know what, idiots? You know what? My team still puts up great numbers. Great numbers. No Chris Carson. Doesn't matter. No Devontae Freeman. Doesn't matter. Tevin Coleman's still out. Doesn't matter. Carryon Johnson's trash. Doesn't matter. None of those things matter because my team is incredible. And so all you losers can suck it. Gabe, you're fine because you're my co-host. Camden, you're on today. You'll be cleared. Zach, suck it. Bowie, suck it. Garrett, big ol' suck fest. You can suck it. So here you go, boys. Go ahead. Talk about my team. This is my time in the limelight. I'm going to say your running backs underperformed. Uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't discredit the point of your running backs potentially being some of the worst, but I think you finally got to show the, the wide receivers. Uh, besides Darius Slayton, but I, I, he didn't really need to do anything. I think with Devontae and Tyreek alone, you'd probably have the best wide receiver core, but then adding in Terry, I think that's uh, huge as well. Also, back-to-back blowouts for Garrett. Is this uh, becoming a trend? Can we see the, the downfall of the Giant not even halfway through a season? Okay, uh, so here's here's my conspiracy for what's happening for Garrett. Last time, the last time we had a pod was two weeks ago, right before, um, who did he play against? Right before he played Zach, all right? And I and I went on record and I was like, hey, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try rooting for Garrett and see if that makes his team suck, okay? So I, I chose Garrett in his matchup against Zach, and sure enough, he blew it. Then we didn't have a pod last week, so my magical powers of picking Garrett went on to this week as well. And that is the reason for why he had less than 90 points. Now here's the actual reasons. Todd Gurley is barely finding the end zone and being super inefficient, not being very good. Alvin Kamara only had 40 yards uh, rushing. He, I believe, was still a little banged up even though he played through injury. Um, Not very good. And here's the biggest factor. Adam Thielen has finally come back down to earth. Uh, he was the number one wide receiver last week. Talked about Garrett in fantasy football, and the um, this week he puts up four point eight points. Like he has finally come down. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not doing his thing like he had been. Um, I don't know if that's a trend for the rest of the season or if Adam Thielen gets back on track. Whatever it is, that is really kind of what has been hurting Garrett these last two weeks. Yeah, and I think the Vikings, I mean, at least this week, they got out pretty early to where they didn't really, and they didn't need to throw, and they can just lean on Dalvin to rush for 400 yards a game. So you don't really need to pass, uh, especially with Kirk. I think the most surprising part of Kamara is nine yards receiving on five receptions. I think that's usually 
the, uh, the 40 yards rushing, I would be surprised if that's not closer to kind of where he usually is. It's the receiving, I think, that usually pushes him way out there. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, so Thielen has combined for the last two weeks for a total of nine fantasy points. And he was the wide receiver one prior to that. So yeah, that's been pretty shocking the last two weeks. Like you said, maybe it's just game script. Um, but hopefully, I don't know what I hope for. For the player, I hope he continues to play well. But for Garrett, I hope he doesn't. So um, whatever needs to happen there happens. So, um, Okay. Did you have anything else besides those week nine recaps? Or anything else on those week nine recaps, Camden? No, no. Yeah, I think that's everything for week nine. Okay. And I would imagine we just don't have Gabe right now. So that's okay. <laughs> so uh so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go in the week the week ten matchups. Um Camden, why not you and I, just cause Gabe maybe Gabe hops in halfway through or whatever. Um, but I would love to get your picks for these matchups and then we'll kind of like probably talk about them next week on our next podcast, um, and give you a shout out for whatever your record is. Uh, and then I'll give you mine and give me like a brief description for why you think it is that way. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. First matchup we got here is we've got me versus Ben. Uh, I am going to vote for myself think my team's on a roll and i hope that they continue uh, i also think ben is going in the complete opposite direction so we'll see yeah i think this is going to be the week where your running backs are going to get tested i think with tyreek out uh and galladay looking unlikely to play i think if carson sits you lose this one but if carson plays i will take you okay well so, you don't uh, get to choose both I, I, I'll say that I don't think Carson is coming back this week after uh, I think the the Seahawks just added Bo Scarborough. So I'm going to say I'm going to take Ben on this one. Wow. The disrespect after I just <laughs> took down the champ. We'll see if you ever get invited back to the pod, man. <clears throat> okay. Uh, next matchup we got is you versus Big R. Uh, I'm going to let you go first because I might change my answer because you didn't choose me. Uh, but no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'll, uh, I'm going with you. Big R did have a uh, better week last week, but for whatever reason, you just keep, uh, you just keep cranking out the wins. And I, and I like that. Like, I feel like you've, you've stayed diligent. You've been hit hard, but you didn't give up. And I feel like that should go rewarded. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick you. I appreciate I'm going to take myself as well. I, I don't think Big R hits his projections two weeks in a row. That seems unlikely. Uh, but I, I think it's going to come down to Christian Kirk. I think he's been under 10 points in like five weeks and over 15 in the rest. Yeah. So I think he either booms or he busts, and I think that's the deciding factor. Dude, he has looked really good the last two weeks. Like, I don't know yeah. if uh, I don't know if there's like just more of a connection with uh, him and Kyler or if it has something to do with uh, – snap count of larry fitzgerald going down a little bit um i i don't know he he had a really slow start to the season uh but has come on super strong the last two weeks yeah, i don't know how hopkins has been doing the last few weeks either so he might be getting more shadow coverage and kind of opening things up as well but yeah well i mean in back-to-back -back weeks uh 
I, I believe Kirk has ran a streak or like fade of some sort out of the slot, which really like gives if they're in that if they're in that weird like man coverage and they're trying to have a linebacker on him, like no linebackers keeping yeah. up with Christian it's Kirk. And so I, I noticed that on one where he made like a little bit of a tougher grab because Kyler threw it out in front of him. Um, but once he made the grab, like he was he was way far away from the defense because there's no way the guy could keep up. So I don't know. That'll be something to monitor. Maybe they figured something out with him in the slot, but he's been good, man. He's been really good. So um, we'll see. Next one we've got here is uh, Gabe versus Bowie. I so I was trying to remember. So Camden, I think this is the game that like is this the game that Bowie won and then stat corrections it gave Gabe the win, or was that a different that, one? Bowie lost to Zach on a stat correction to make it even funnier. <laughs> I think uh, Gabe and Bowie it was like a five point game. It was like week one, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah. One to one thirty six. Oh, so it was just super close. Okay. Yeah. And Gabe won that one. Yeah, Gabe did win. Okay. That okay. One. Um. All right. Uh, I, man, I gotta go with my co-host. Uh, even though I just picked Bowie to like have a late season run here, uh, I'm gonna go with my co-host. I'm, I'm, I'm picking Gabe. Picking Gabe. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with Gabe too. Simply because I hate Bowie, but also because I, I think with Miles Sanders coming back and uh, potentially Nick Chubb, I, I don't know. If oh, be that's this right. Week, but, um, but I think Gabe is getting healthy, and I think uh, I think he'll he'll take this one. All right, Man. I'm picking myself as well, and oh, I lagged out. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> no, you're back. back. You're here. You're here. For a second. Okay, cool. Real quick, back to matchups because I've been lagging in and out since matchups. <laughs> Gary, uh, this, is so this is so scuffed. It's very scuffed. But I was just gonna say, your team shows why receivers in Dynasty are more valuable than running backs. Thank just you. Because consistency and shelf life will outweigh the. You can draft a running back. You can pick them up off waivers. Miles Gaskin, James Robinson. I like. I, I think that your team is set up for success in the short term and the long term. Garrett's team, Calvin Ridley injury really hurt him, and then back to back, two hundred scrimmage yard games from Dalvin Cook. Obviously, Kirk Cousins completed thirteen passes last week. Like, what? What did you want Adam Thielen to do with thirteen passes? Yeah. Like, it's it, it's it's a little bit difficult. I think that he'll uh, like regress back positively, but you have to be at least a little bit worried about like the Todd Gurley situation uh, su- su- uh, succumbing some carries to Brian Hill and uh, a-, a couple other things. But um, mostly those are the two that I wanted to say. I'm going to skip over matchups except for myself. I'll pick myself versus Bowie, but I don't really want to go back to the other matchups, so I'll only do one pick this week. <laughs> so all you're doing is picking yourself? okay fine let me open up my phone i've just been sitting here listening to y'all in and out so (laughs) here hey we'll run through them really quick okay me versus ben uh uh, you okay camden versus big r uh camden just because he's here that's fine uh you versus buoy you chose yourself uh zach versus conley Ooh, conley okay and garrett versus daniel oh Are, are, you serious? are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious because Deshaun Watson plays the Browns. 
Derrick Henry, like DeAndre or DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to bounce back. Like I actually think that Daniel accidentally set himself in a position to like win for no reason at the end of the season. Like <laughs> does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Unintentionally. Like I, yeah, like I think unintentionally he set himself up to win for like if I was him, I would have liquidated a lot of these assets for picks or for like young capital. But since he hasn't, I think he's actually going to win this week. <laughs> no lie. Okay, well, tried. Um, I've tried to give him some picks. He wouldn't take them. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move uh, or go to the Garrett versus Daniel matchup. Uh, Gabe is using Daniel. If okay, I will say this. If Daniel beats Garrett, I will be intolerable on next week's pod towards Garrett's team. I am I'm going to find music to just bash his team for the for 45 seconds. So the gauntlet has been thrown, Garrett. Garrett, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing you because I want your team to do bad. Okay. So Camden, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Garrett for obvious reasons. I think I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be as close as we uh, being made to seem. Yeah, but the way Gabe talks, man, like he can convince you of anything. Like this dude actually has me believing that Daniel can now beat Garrett. Bro, I'm telling you, Daniel is going to make a meaningless. Like he's gonna fire off a win streak at the end of the season. Now, just looking at his roster construction, <laughs> the season, like Deshaun Watson, these next few games, he has some juicy matchups. Derrick Henry, it gets later in the season, he plays better. DeAndre Hopkins, he's not going to have a, a down game again. And then you look over at Garrett's side. Joe Mixon didn't practice today. He might not play. So you put Gio Bernard in, and, I mean, you probably get similar production, but it's still not Joe Mixon. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel might come back. We'll see what the 49ers elect to do. And they're playing the New Orleans Saints, so you never know. And, that like, you just kind of look down the roster and you're like, I in a, in a vacuum I and Jacoby Myers who Daniel picked up off waivers had like a forty five percent target share and the Patriots won so I mean they play Baltimore this week but yeah that's that's how I feel I will be intolerable <laughs> if you lose Garrett I oh I'm so excited I will I will be in my bed crying laughing <laughs> Monday night. Oh man, please let it happen. Garrett just drop out of the league if he loses this game. <laughs> As commissioner, I'm taking away all future picks for Garrett if he loses oh, this no. game. Oh my gosh. No. Okay, going into our last matchup here, we've got Zach versus Conley. <clears throat> I did I already say this? I feel like I might have already said this, but uh I'm gonna choose Zach. Um Conley he just lost Christian McCaffrey. And that's that's essentially like losing two fantasy players because of how good he is. Um, and I think Zach's team is really on a roll. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been incredible, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Uh, and as Gabe had mentioned earlier, I think it's he's going to have just another player completely go off for him. So, Camden, yeah. who you got? I'll take Zach on this one too. I, I know that early talks in the season was how stacked Conley was at running back, but I think he has gotten the injury bug and it's kind of killed him. Uh, Eckler and then McCaffrey and with Jonathan Taylor maybe being a, a little bit of a fraud or not as good as uh, oh, we thought he had been yeah. so early. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the, the consistent Dalvin for 
50 points a week, uh, and I'll take Zach. Dude, I've been seeing a lot of Jonathan Taylor slander on the on the TL. All I'm saying, he uh, yeah. Trent Richardson vibes is what I'm getting. So finally, like, if you believe the slander, my 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 DMs are open. <laughs> this guy, you want to talk about unashamed? Gabe is literally on our pod, only using our pod so that he can <laughs> finesse people in trades in a fantasy football league. Hey, bro, trade deadline. Trade deadline approaching. <laughs> trade deadline approaching. All right, boys. Well, uh, definitely one of our more scuffed pods. But <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Camden, thanks for uh, guesting. Or what, what am I talking about? Special guesting on our pod. Uh, enjoyed the debate, enjoyed having you. Uh, just feels natural, man. Just feels natural. Plus, we got a whole round of golf done today. So, really appreciate you, Gabe, as always. It's appreciated, man. My co-host. Uh, have a lot of fun with you guys. So, y'all got any last words? I'm just, I got a second appearance before Bowie or Big R got a first. Uh, I appreciate it being here. You didn't have to mention that, but that is true. So, all right. Well, hey, good luck to everybody this week, except Ben and Garrett.